Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Having a bet on the footy this week? Top this. Top Sport have hundreds of markets to choose from across the AFL, NRL and rugby. So whether you're into the big goals or the big hits, there's something for everyone. And Top Sport will let you on for plenty. Top that. Download the app today and bet on your game your way. If you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. If you're after the best odds and service, Top Sport is where you need to be, legends. And when you join, use the promo code UNFILTERED. They'll treat you like kings. If you're new, welcome. If you're not, welcome back. This is the Rugby League Superpod, the only podcast of its type, because this is the podcast that talks to the players, not about them. You could listen to the opinions of those that haven't stepped foot inside a dressing room or... You could listen to stories from the guys that have starred on the biggest stage. It's footy talk, immature nonsense talk, fart and dick jokes, and this one's got the lot. You've been warned. We often chat about the different nurseries and pathways and systems in the game. There's none better than Western Sydney. And we've seen that in the Panthers in recent years. Good juniors, they often, with good management, lead to success. The next super exciting crew of juniors that are starting to make their way into the top grade, I think, is at Parramatta. One of those superstars has joined us. Hayes Dunster, there's some serious talent coming through, mate. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, I think you would have seen a, quite a glimpse of them mm. last year with um, Shawnee Russell, Jake Arthur, um, Will Pinacini. Um, and that last game against, um, our last round game against Penrith, there was a few young boys yep. as well. Who, um, yeah, all, all definitely um, names to watch coming through. Will Pinacini could be anything, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of chat at training that he's a um, young Jenko. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just a ball of muscle, that kid, and buddy, run right. A lot of you young eels have played together for a couple of years already through junior reps and schools. How important is that as as part of your combination in the NRL? Yeah, just I think it just um, makes everything a lot uh, more comfortable. Yeah. And yeah, like have, knowing that your mates out there doing it with you gives you a lot more confidence too. So yeah, like um, I played alongside um, those quite a bit. Yep. Um, when I was younger and, yeah, came through since year seven with Oregon. So um, having them two out there with me, it's sort of, especially on my debut, having those there to sort of talk me through it, he, yeah, he helped a lot because, um, um, yeah, just from being together when we are younger. Who are the guys at Parra, the older fellas, that are really good with the young blokes and help you on and off the field? Because even the best young blokes need a solid older bloke just to help them out and tip them up on things on and off the field and, and make the transition to to first grade that much easier? Yeah, um, well, your main ones are Gutho, uh, Mitchie, yep. and uh, 
even even Dills, like he's not an old bloke, but mm. he he was quite good um, for everyone because he's he sort of done it when he was young as well. Um, for me, um, Fergo and Wanga Blake were probably real big helps for me. Yep. Uh, just playing outside of Wanga, he sort of sort of helped me. Oh, he's like a real good talker on the field, so he just kept me real calm, keeps me real calm. Sorry during the games, and yeah, Ferg's um, done pretty much everything yeah. in the game. So coming up, he always had um, great advice um, for the young wingers coming through. This is serious shit. We just need to know. And dropping on in Newcastle Knights hooker Jaden Braley, the hot seat. Sunday Arvo, mates or misses? Ooh, great question. Uh, your mates will be listening to this, but your missus mightn't be if that's I a know. tip. Yeah. I've got to go with my missus. Sunday, Sunday Arvo yeah. with the missus. Sunday Arvo with the missus. Saturday Arvo with the boys. Okay, play on. Uh, Batman or Superman? Batman. Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson? I love Mike Tyson. Yeah, I'm with you. Step Brothers or Dumb and Dumber? Step Brothers. Quinella or Exacta? Quinella. Rocky or Rambo? Rocky. Does pineapple belong on a pizza? 100%. Does yep. it? What's your go-to pizza? I love all pizzas, yeah. but um, when I was younger, I grew up on the Hawaiian pizzas. Yeah. I just love the... I love pineapple on pizzas, burgers. Um, yeah, I love pineapple. Okay, pajamas or nude? Nude. Bingo. <laughs> Folder or scruncher? Scruncher. Oh, dear, I'm going to look at you differently now. Thanks for dropping in, mate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. In the last few seasons, rep footy, with what are termed emerging or second-tier nations, has been massive. And you, Adam Dewey, have been a huge part of it. Are you enjoying it with Lebanon? Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been good for me. Um, honestly, the 2017 World Cup is, you know, I guess where, where it all started for me. Yeah. And it honestly kicked off my, my NRL career. Um, Freddie picked me um, in the centre position, and it's the first time I've ever played a, a different position in, in my career. And um, due to that, I was, I was able to be such a versatile player and, and coming to the grade playing, I guess, in, in a lot of different positions. So, um, yeah, it all started from that. And, um, yeah, I'm a big Lebanese heritage person and my grandparents came here from Lebanon and um, we carry the tradition. And, um, yeah, anytime I get to represent my country, it's, you know, a pretty special moment for, you know, myself and my family. And um, the Lebanese community loves loves their football and yeah. um, we love playing for them. And, um, yes, yeah, so it's pretty special times and uh, fingers crossed the 2021 World Cup um, will still go ahead in England and um, should be an awesome comp- campaign. You almost stole my next question. I was just going to ask, who was it more special, the fact you were playing for Lebanon, you or your parents? Yeah, it's it's a funny question. Obviously, for me personally, it's uh, pretty special to put on the jersey of you know your heritage and uh, but I guess yeah, seeing your parents and you know when I did make my debut, I saw my mum in in the grandstand. Oh, how cool! I'm um, in tears. So yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And yeah, just the whole the whole community, the whole vibe. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an unreal experience and uh, something you always cherish and you know memories you'll never forget. I'm going to say four or five tests for Lebanon at the 17 World Cup. Can you put into words how yeah. special it was, in particular? Uh, in Canberra in the first game, you guys beat France by yeah. 10 or 11 points. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, I guess, for me personally, one of the craziest days. You know, I went there as a 18th man, and um, one of our players got injured in the warm up, and I didn't have my mouth guard. I wasn't strapped. I didn't have anything, and um, just ran on off the bench, and you know, almost you know, sort of scored the the try to put us ahead with yep. like 10 minutes to go. And I remember just thinking, like, I was just this little 18 year old kid that just came out of you know under 20s, and um, here I am bursting France, and then going to verse you know England and mark up against a player like you know uh, Tom Trevojevic yeah. and you know first players of this caliber at such a young age was yeah it was honestly at all an all big you know almost blur for me and um, something that uh, that I'll honestly cherish forever. I think the really cool part of watching these emerging nations like Lebanon coming in uh, at, at the moment is. There's 10 and 11-year-old Lebanese kids sitting out there watching it that in five or six years' time, they're going to be choosing rugby league because they want to play for Lebanon. Yeah, correct. You know, obviously, we're not the most you know, talented organisation or we don't go there to win World Cups. You know, we've we got to have fun and um, play with our mates and, yep. as you said, get our support from our community and um, give them some joy and give these kids that are coming through and... Um, you know, getting getting them to try their best, and you know, I guess just support a team. And um, being of Lebanese, you know, they, we can all get around it and um, be one big community. It'd be a good feed in the week and leading up, wouldn't it, to a Lebanese test? There'd be uh, no we, lack we of got, food. We got, <laughs> we got that many feeds uh, for the last World <laughs> Cup game. Was it? Was it funny? This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's start with Nathan Brown, the player, not the coach. This one is from Terry Louise in Queensland. The Parramatta 35-year-old premiership drought or hoodoo or whatever you want to call it, does it ever get spoken about or just completely ignored? Uh, it does get spoken about. Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it shouldn't be ignored, I guess, because, you know, it, there's history to be made. And, yep. You know, as, as a player, um, you know, you definitely want to be create history and create some legacy. And there's no better way than create a, a legacy than end the drought. And it's good to talk about, I guess, because, you know, back in, you know, 30, you know, 30 years ago, the, the club was very successful. And, you know, it's a, it's definitely a, a positive that um, you know we can we can create some history. So everyone's yeah, everyone everyone still speaks about it, which is good. And the dual international Lottie Dakiri. This is from Tanya at Albany Creek. One game, no fence sitting. Favorite game you've played in, and why? Mm. Geez, I, I can't find a fence. <laughs> One game, both codes. I'd have to say my debut. Game 2001 for the Queensland State of Origin team. Uh, they got trounced the year before, 2000. Record score against them. Big Fletch throwing grenades. Uh, and there's another 10 of us or 11 of us could have been in that first game that were all debutants. Um, the scene was set. We're at the old Lane Park. Um, before it got rebuilt, it was the last state of origin there. Is that right? The I last think it one? was. Yep. That's and cool. uh, you know, I, I remember going there as a kid to watch the King Malmaninga on that ground. Um, so it was just special in that sense. And running out in a maroon jersey, 
choppy close before the game. Like there was theatre everywhere uh, and you put that jersey on. I know people say, I'm, this might lead into another question, say I'm Fijian or whatever, but I came over here when I was three. And indoctrinated into Queensland Rugby League, supported South's Magpies when I was young. We moved to West End. Um, so, uh, yeah, that game, um, probably if I had to pick one, that would be it. This is the Rugby League Super Pod. And on the back of Nathan Brown and Lottie Dakiri, it is Clarkie's Call, where Dane from Clarkie's RL column all over social media makes a call every week. You guys, you fans, get the opportunity to agree or disagree, and we read out the best comments or the most controversial comments each and every week. Dane, what was your call this week? G'day, Andy and listeners. Over the weekend, we saw Alex Johnston skyrocket to equal 10th as the greatest NRL try scorer of all time. And in, in honour of that, I've gone with he's going to do it. Alex Johnston will finish as the greatest try scorer of all time. His timing, athleticism, and the way he can find a try from anything is simply unbelievable. And it is simply unbelievable. A little bit of history on Kenny Irvine. Nickname was Mongo. He is an NRL Hall of Famer. His strike rate, uh, 0.89, so uh, almost a try game. He scored 212 tries in 236 games, uh, played for near on 16 seasons. So there's a little bit of background. And Alex Johnston is closing in now. What was the consensus, yes or no? Will he make it or not, AJ? Majority of people agreeing, Andy, and a majority of people agreeing based on one, his current strike rate. Yep. Um, but two, the fact he's only 27. Yeah. And, you know, he's already equal 10 there. If he plays until he's 35, that's another eight years with his average tries uh, on season, at uh, per season rather at the moment, he will get there. Um, I think it's unfortunate to say, but the only thing that could really stop him would be injury at this stage, I believe. Yeah, there's a, a couple of comments that I'm looking at on Facebook. Uh, Daniel Sunday is one of them. Alan Jurgens is another. Um, don't jinx him. Don't get injured. Please, AJ. So plenty of people are uh, of sort of voicing that. And at the moment, the way that South Sydney left-hand side is functioning with AJ on the end of it, there is every chance. I think most agree, you look historically, Kenny Irvine spent 13 seasons at North Sydney and they went like bustards for those 13 seasons and he was winning the try scoring each and every year. So he was playing in, I guess, an inferior side. A lot of guys I do notice on Facebook saying he may get there, but the great Ken Irvine, given the number of games he played percentage-wise, Irvine will be number one for me. That was from Barry Thomas. That's a great great one there. And Dan Roberts on Instagram made a similar point. He said, if he does, does it mean it should be called the Alex Johnston medal instead of the Ken Irvine medal? And I think that it's, it's a long way to go, but if he does get there, I think that will be a serious debate that needs to be had. Barry uh, Thomas again, uh, and this is an absolute beauty, taking into account the shorter seasons of Irvine, he is still my all-time favourite player, should be an immortal. And having done plenty of in interviews with guys over the 60s and 70s, there is a heap that say uh, Mongo Irvine, who sadly passed far too early, should be an immortal. 
Uh, Colin O'Connor says on Facebook, sorry, I can't see him finishing in front of Irvine. Number two, though, that is a real possibility. Yeah, number two. I think he'll definitely get to number two. I think number two is Billy Slater on 190, yeah. which is gives him a 22-try buffer, which I, I believe that's around somewhere where he averages per season. Now, there's one here from a username uh, on Instagram, J811W, and he never gets mentioned for a Blues jersey. Now, I actually think that's a positive because it, it gives him yeah. uh, less fatigue on his body, more chance to score. Um, presumably, he could face opposition where their their uh, their origin players are out, which could make his tries easier. So I think that's a massive tick in Alex Johnston's box, actually. Reggie Amato says, yeah, he wasn't good enough for origin, wasn't tall enough. Uh, Paul McGarry says, and they picked Tupo for origin. Alex Johnston seriously, has never really been discussed, I don't think, at the highest levels for origin. And it's a little mystery. It's a little Nathan Merritt-type mystery. It's interesting, too, because he's in that rare basket where there's him, Jordan McLean, and a few others where they have actually played for Australia. Yep. Uh, but they haven't played for the Blues, which is, um, it, it, as I said, it's a very strange one. I've got two funny ones here, Andy. We've got Cheese Lovers Not So Anonymous on Instagram. He said, with how the Warriors are defending, he might make it to the top in the next game. <laughs> I love that one. And I probably shouldn't have laughed at this one, but I did. Jack Mitchell 31 said, as long as he doesn't get tackled by Nathan Cleary, he should. There we go. Two beauties to finish with. Clarky, where can we find you? All over social media, guys, under Clarkie's Rugby League column. Always a pleasure, great man. Chat again soon. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sport's same-game multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. And when you join, make sure you use the promo code UNFILTERED. You'll be treated like kings from Top Sport, the top dog. Tristan Merlihan has joined us, as he does every week on the Rugby League Superpod. My man, I'm loving the specials markets on offer this week. A real point of difference between you guys at Top Sport and other offers too. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we try to put out a few unique markets that you can only get on our website, which is good. And, yeah, we've got a few up there for this weekend, which is uh, which is good. And just adds a bit of extra interest throughout the course of the round where you can have a couple of bets and, and they, they, they last for the entirety of the round, which I think is always a, a good uh, a good one just to keep keep you interested throughout the course of the, uh, the whole weekend. To make sure you do, in fact, watch all eight games. <laughs> on the website or the app, go to sports. Rugby League, scroll down a bit to winning mood. This is what's tickled my fancy. Any two of Latrell Mitchell, Connor Tracy and Murray Talungi to score this weekend. Now, the three sides, they're playing the Warriors, the Dragons and the Bulldogs. So you would imagine there's going to be some opportunities to bag points. This paying $2, Tristan. Yes, exactly. Now, this is a good one. This is actually custom-made by one of the best super coach players in the country, and these are the players that he thinks are going to score this weekend. So, Latrell Mitchell, Connor Tracy, and Murray Tuolungi, as long as two out of three of those score, you get $2 about that. And, um, and yeah, I, I think it looks a really good one. Looking at future markets, if you study your footy and you've studied and had a real good look at the run home, there's some value here. The top four market unbelievable value if you reckon the Storm Broncos and Eels can make that top four. And if you're a rooster or a raider, 
Uh, some serious value for those sides to make the top eight. It's about forecasting and predicting. It is, and and, and if you have a look look at the uh, the draw ahead, um, it, it's important this weekend if you're having a bet to if you like a roughie, then make sure you're looking at their options to make the four or the eight. So, for example, tonight when the Broncos play, they're underdogs in their game. But if you think they can beat the Roosters, that $2.45 to make the top four, I think, is enormous value. I actually have them finishing fourth but losing this match. So if, if you uh, if you think they can win tonight, uh, then I think they're a really good chance of making the top four. If you look at Melbourne's run home, wow, it's a tricky one. They've got the Titans this week, but then they got four really hard games to finish. So they're, they're a quality side. They might be able to bounce back, but it looks like they'll be uh, have to be playing very, very well to make that top four. I actually think there's a little bit of value too. If you think the Bunnies can get on a, on a roll, it's yeah. $5.50 to make the four. They've got a tough run, but they're one of those sides that they can string a few together at five fifty. You don't want to miss out. Get your calculators out, legend. Uh, our free bet this week, donated by Top Sport. Um, Storm at the line, a line of 17.5 into the Rabbitohs at the line, a line of 19.5. Both sides at home. I reckon this one's on, mate. Yeah, well, $3.33, that works out at, and um, yeah, the Storm really need to bounce back this weekend. The Bunnies, yeah, that, that, they've been putting teams to the sword recently. Obviously, Cronulla just got over the top of them, but they'll be looking to bounce back here against the Warriors side, who have been gutsy, but uh, might be tough away from home. Gutsy doesn't work at this time of the year. Topsport.com.au or download the app. Check them out, legends, at the very least. At the very least, compare. Compare the prices, the markets, and especially the same-game multi-odds to your current account. I reckon you'll be stunned at what's on offer. And when you do join, use the promo code UNFILTERED. As we say, they will treat you like kings. Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, Swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. Our Legend Series is the best insight into the game and the superstars there is. Let's wind back the clock to the icon, Bob McCarthy, absolute rugby league royalty. He joined us for episodes 126 to 129. I scored a couple and Cootie scored a couple and Cleary scored a couple and we finished up just knocking them over. As Irvine back then, you know, we were scoring tries uh, prolifically. Anyway, he was scoring every week and uh, then... Every side, just every other side, beat them by thirty or forty, and every time we played against them, we were just lucky to get out with the skin of it. You know, wow, yeah, North Sydney Oval especially. You said Clive wasn't a huge tactician, yet he put the two back rowers on an edge where they play now in twenty twenty one. So someone was fifty years ahead of their time. Yeah, well, I think Clive played against the great French side that came out here in fifty one. They they had yeah. two big second rowers. Apparently, they were as big as us, like a. Um, or might even be bigger. They were a bloke called Ponsonnet and Broussay. Yep. And uh, th- th- they were just running riot by just getting out amongst the backs and running off five eights and all that type of stuff. And they just say running off the edge. And um, and he just sort of just said, just do what they done sort of wow. thing. And away we went. 
I mean, I, I went from scoring four or five tries a year to scoring, you know, like 20. I think twice I was going to be the leading try scorer and Irvine got me one year. <laughs> and the other time, there's Lionel, no shame in that. I know, and Lionel Williamson got me the other year. No shame in that either and, with Lionel. And, and the thing was, I scored in those games, and I thought, well, that's it. I've got it wrapped up because I might have led by one. Yep. And then, the, especially with Irvine, apparently, I thought I'm sweet here. I've, I'm owned by two because they were playing some some good side. Yeah. And I remember Johnny Martin coming. He said, "Oh, you missed out, Mac." I said, "Don't tell me he scored." He said, "He scored four. Oh. <laughs> What about this fella? The ogre, Mark O'Mealy, as tough and scary as I've seen, but an absolute sweetheart of a bloke. You'll probably blow up hearing that, but he's a beauty, this one. He joined us for episodes 122 and 123. At the end of 07, both you and Willie Mason moved to the Chooks. You on a four-year deal, Mason on a three-year deal. Why the move? Was it Oh, mate, mine was more... Nah, I, I took a lot of pay cuts at the dogs and... With different boards, and it was supposed to be, you know, given to me in in contracts to come, and yep. new boards coming, and couldn't, you know, couldn't uh, provide that money, and you know, I just had to make a decision. Yeah. And I was coming to the end. Like I said, I was breaking down every second year. Uh, you know, I, I'd put my body through a fair bit, mm. running the brick walls all day. So I had to uh, make a decision that, that looked after me and my family. Um, and you know, folks, he was great. I sat down with folks. He spoke to you know, a lot of respect for folks. He was yeah. a great, you know, mentor for a lot of us younger kids at the Dogs. And he was the same. He was saying, "Go and take it, mate. We can't match that. And we can't honour, or we can't, you know, off previous boards, we can't, we can't honour these contracts." So, um, and I'd nearly been to the Roosters twice before. Yeah. Uh, Spoke to the Roosters. Dogs were only offering me two years. Roosters could offer me four. Uh, just a lot of variables there. Freddie was coach as well. At the stage when I when I signed, Wayne Bennett was going to be coach. Mm. And then I had Chris Anderson and then Freddie was coach. So a few changes in the time I'd signed there. Uh, but it was, it was, you know, like I said, another fingerprint. I got to have at a club first year there. I think we're equal minor premiers. Yes. Um, we bowed out the two finals. I remember Belton Warriors got beat. We Belton Broncos got beat. Mm. Uh, I got to you know leave my fingerprint there and, and have a you know have a have another you know another challenge at another club. Over 310 episodes already. The best rugby league chat there is. I'll back this podcast over any other, over any radio show. And there's some fucking shockers. Any TV show, we have more superstars talking about a wider range of topics than anyone else. And the beauty of this is that none of our episodes ever date. They've all been done, so they're timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. You can download the whole library knowing the episode is ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Let's go back to an earlier interview with one of the game's very, very best. Hi, I'm Anthony Minacello, and my memory of the 2013 Grand Final is certainly one of my favourites. Uh, that year, I think it was a record year, we had our new coach, Trent Robinson, come on board, and we really worked all preseason into being a second-half team. He challenged us, saying we're not, so we put our whole... Uh, framework about 
being a second half team in place during the preseason. We fast forward to the final game of the year, the grand final, we're playing Manly, and we're down 10 points with 20 minutes to go. And a few players were getting a bit frantic on the field, and it was just reminding them that we've worked all preseason for this. Remember, we're a second half team, just go out and do your job, your job only, and we'll be fine. And we score three tries to win the match and hold up a trophy. Amazing feeling. It's awesome to be teaming up with Retro Rugby League videos, a Facebook page for the hardcore and tragic footy fan just like us. From the old Commonwealth Bank Cup to first grade, the collection of videos weekly is insane. Check them out, legends. Go to Facebook and simply search Retro Rugby League videos. You'll love it. Different body shapes in the forward pack. Different people have different theories. Not right, not wrong, because it's an opinion and opinions vary. For me, I love it. It means tackle technique and tackle height has to be different every contest. Therefore, it's an asset. It doesn't allow the defence to get comfortable. But I'm just the one posing the question here. It's time to hear from an expert. The 200-gamer for the Canberra Raiders, New South Wales Blue and Australian Kangaroo, as well as head coach with the Raiders, and more recently assistant with the Cowboys, Rabbits, Knights and Bulldogs, Davey Ferner, has jumped on in. Gee, that's quite a resume, mate. Your thoughts, <laughs> the forwards. Is it an advantage to have different shapes and sizes, or am I completely off Morocco? No, I, I do think it's a, it's a uh, definitely a an advantage, but they've all got their own traits. You yeah. know, I, I think that the modern-day footballer now what we're looking at, yes, you know, they're big, they're tall. Um, the way the game is played has changed yep. things a little bit, the, far, the fast ruck. So I like a, a pack that has has a variation of a tall size, okay, brute strength. Yep. And then you've got the craftiness of the ball player or the ones, you know, that have got really good athletic feet. So able to sidestep and be hard to handle. So if you've got that in your pack, it's uh, it's a it's a definitely an a advantage. So more beneficial, you're saying, to have forwards that basically play a different style of game because again, that provides that variation. Well, you do. Uh, you know, defensive lines are so well coached on you know individuals, but also so well uh, coached on the way teams play, yep. the shapes they throw. That you just sometimes there you need a point of difference. You need a line breaker. You need an offloader. You need uh, a guy there that, you know, that's in the middle. There's 105 kilo and been able to step, yep. you know, like an outside back. I think the game has got like that, and I think it's important. And I think the teams that I've played in before, you know, like that, that they've always had that mixture. You know, they've had the mixture offloader, the, the the taller body, the uh, the stocky, uh, you know, the the webkey type, uh, yep. webkey type uh, body. So definitely an advantage, Andy. We probably see it more when State of Origin comes around every year. It's not always a case of the coach picking just the best 13 or the best 17. You've got to put together a very delicate puzzle that complements, covers up and strengthens your side. 100%. I think I think the role of the 14, so you normally have, most teams would normally have you know two, two changes in the middle so they'd have two more big boppers, as they call them, yep. on the bench. They'll have a, a a back rower 
may be able to cover a centre position. Then you have your 14. So whether that covers, that, that's got to co- you know look at covering nine, six, sevens, ones. Can can at a pinch there maybe maybe even go into the middle of the pack. You know, uh, yeah, you're seeing that uh, more and how important it is in games. You mentioned uh, the origin there. It's it's extremely important to have that covered. Gee, the bench in 2020 or 2021, especially under these new rules, is so crucial. And the wrong decision in selecting your bench, wow, can blow up in a coach's face. It can because you know you can't. That's part of the game there that you can't predict. Yeah. You know, injuries you can't predict. Bounce the ball, referee's decision, but. You'll go in there with a plan, in particular there on, on the opposition you're going to play. Obviously, in origin there, you'd look at a lot of individuals there, what their strengths are, that have a little bit of structure around the way they want to play. But you need to make sure that you have that covered. You need to make sure that you've got cover. You know, there might be a person there that's in a position there that could play fullback or might be a certain position there where, like a back rower, has defended in the centres before. So... That's all that you know that goes into your planning there of uh, of any game, but things can change. You know, uh, a lot of teams that have been involved in have, have always carried an outside back. Always a pleasure, Dave Ferner. Thanks for dropping in, big fella. Firebrand Barbecue does it better than anyone else. Why? Because they're the immortals of the barbecue. Online at firebrandbarbecue.com.au or in-store at Arndell Park, where we're dealing with, now get this, over 550 square metres of barbecue heaven. There's a massive range of barbecues, smokers, rotisseries and fire pits. There's a cafe, a deli, the country's widest range of barbecue pantry items and, of course, their fuel products as well. Saturday is market day with 20% off all fuel products. It's the day to visit. Lift your barbecue game and check out firebrandbarbecue.com.au or call 1-800-FIRE-UP and let them know we sent you. You'll be sizzling soon. Our guest is getting a great look at one of the game's rising superstars. Plays alongside him by number, by position, and also regularly by design. It's a good little combo. Corey Thompson, what impresses you about young AJ Brimson? I just think his maturity level. Yep. Um, he's such a mature player. He he doesn't. I think he doesn't. He doesn't read up on himself, or or he doesn't look down on himself after after the critics come in. You know, there's always there's always those critics if you're if you're an up-and-coming superstar and, and you've done so well in a young career, there's always people talking you down. And, you know, he doesn't look at that and he also doesn't build himself up too after playing Origin or getting the accolades that he's already done. He's he's so willing to learn. He, he asks anyone, you know, things to improve on or, you know, things he needs to get better on. And, you know, I absolutely love playing alongside him. I know, you know, a lot of people, you know, think that, you know, if I could be fullback, I'd like it. But, you know, I love... Um, being the winger when AJ is at fullback, I think we we bounce off each other a lot. We hype yeah. each other up. We think we have the same same sort of running style when when we play. We we play with that elusive running style, and we're full of energy. And you know, to play alongside him, it's been great. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him grow and hopefully stealing that number one Origin jersey back and and you know growing even further as a player. 
Mate, you you stole my wording, mature as a as a young fella. Confidence isn't an issue for AJ, and that's not a knock. He's he's confident in his ability. He's not arrogant, far from it. I love that about him. It actually shows in how he plays. He has a level of confidence when coming into a defensive line that he believes he is making the right decision and he is going to be successful in that play. I love it. Yeah, and I think even if even if he makes the you know a decision and it's not the right one, he knows he's got the whole team and and the whole coaching staff behind him yep. too. So I think that helps a lot when when you're not afraid to make decisions either. So mm. um, AJ is full of confidence, like he said, but he's also not arrogant. He no. he believes in himself, but he also listens and and he's willing to learn. And you know he knows he's got a lot of growing to do, but you know he's he also knows that you know he's confident enough to to do the job at any level. He's a natural footballer. Is that how you see him? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think I think he'd be just as good at, at five eight as well. So I know he played center in in, in Origin and, and did a great job defending. You know, I think he was marking Tommy Turbo. Yeah. So you know, I I think you could put AJ at hooker, center, wing, fullback, and people would still praise how well he played. Yeah, just a footballer. Really cool little insight. Thanks, Corey Thompson. Chat again soon, mate. Thank you. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. And a big thank you to everyone that left reviews to Magpie Mo, Champion Bloke, Tugra Tony, Theo77, Baptism of Fire, Steeler Sam and Floody's Twin, The Roofer. The free unfiltered trucker's cap this week goes to... It goes to Fathead Farry. Fair handle, that one, Fathead. You've won the trucker's cap for your review. I just hope it fits. An Eels junior, an Aussie schoolboy, then a health scare. Plenty to overcome before his first grade debut arrived. I could tell you the story, but that would mean I didn't need guests on the podcast, and I do. So we'll get the story firsthand from the man himself, from the Panthers, Matty Eisenhuth has dropped in. This is a story you have told before, but it's it's a different story, mate. When and, and what happened? Um, yeah, so basically I was at... I was at the Panthers at the time. Um, I joined, I joined them like mid-year. It would have been maybe oh, I can't remember exactly what year, but uh, ended up having shoulder surgery on one shoulder, um, and then I had a double basically. So I did. Okay. I, I I went there knowing that I had to have surgery on one, and then semi-finals that year did the other one. So I had surgery on both basically in the off season, um, and then I was just going through my normal rehab routine. Um, with the physios, getting back to running um, and stuff like that. And, and and when I got back to running, I just was developed like a pain in behind my knee sort of thing. Um, and just, you know, we'd we'll get it treated. Physio was just like, oh, it's just because your body you know, hasn't been running for a while. It's just getting used to back to moving sort of thing. And I was like, okay, yeah, sweet. And it would sort of go away, come back. Mm. Um, and it wasn't so anyway, I did all my rehab. And then it wasn't until the first um, trial game I played that year. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, I, I basically, I, I was warming up and I just went, nah, something's, something's not right here. It's, 
I could barely run sort of thing. Yeah. And I played the game and I, I had an absolute shocker. Like I knew and I came off. My dad sort of just said to me, he goes like, are you right? Like what, what's going wrong? Like what's going on? And I said, there's something wrong with my leg. Like it's mm. not right. I told, anyway, so I messaged the physio that night saying something's wrong. Yep. Um, went and saw the doctor the next day, the NRL doctor. He said, oh, it could be like your meniscus or something with your knee. Um, and then he just sent me for scans like, just on your knee like you would any other sort of scan. Yeah. Um, and then went and got that and mid mid x-ray or something like that. I remember the it stopped and the the person that was conducting the thing just came in and just said, Oh, like how long you had pain for? Like and I was like, Oh, I don't know, not you know, it just sort of comes and goes and that was it. And I was like sort of lying on the X ray machine going, That's weird. Like I've yeah. ne- I've had heaps of X rays and stuff like that before. I'm going, No one's ever come in and stops me mid x-ray and then then and then they just can't give you anything they didn't say anything so i'm there just going oh something's wrong something's wrong well what about what's going on anyway going home um and just had to wait and then physio called me saying oh um you know make sure you go see the doctor tomorrow like you're going to call you and say just make sure you get there and i'm like okay well of course i'm going to go um and yeah anyway so there's just you know, in hindsight, I wish I wish I took someone with me. Yeah. I, I sort of I rocked up by myself into this doctor's office, and he just dropped an absolute bomb on me. He just said straight away, "Oh, there's not nothing wrong with your knee, but you've got basically a hole in your leg the size of a golf ball, and it's a a tumor." And I went, "What sort of thing?" And he just said, "Yeah." He goes, "So you won't be playing footy this year, and you, and you probably won't be. Oh, big chance you might not play again." And I was like, "Oh, okay. That's um." Wow. a pretty heavy bomb to just drop on you. Like doctors is very blunt sort of yeah. thing. Um, and I just, as soon as you said footy, like, you probably won't play again sort of thing. I just, I broke down. I was, I lost it. Yeah. Um, and then it was just from then, it was just this big, scary sort of week period. He sent me straight from there across the road. He goes, oh, we need to get x-rays on your, your chest, your lungs and make sure it hasn't spread anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm there getting all that done, freaking out. And then I couldn't even call my parents or my partner on the way home. I was just distraught. Jeez. Um, and then went through the process. I think that most people would, if they have a tumor, you got to go and do um, certain scans, get the dye injected, make sure it hasn't spread anywhere. Yeah. Um, when it's all a specialist and it, he sort of gave you a bit more confidence. Like he was just like, he goes, oh, look, it is a tumor, but you know, 99% of them are um, benign. Yeah. So um, that was confident. But then in the, also in the backyard, you're going, well, one percent of people get this bone yeah. tumor. So what? What's to say I can't be that one percent? Mm. Um, so yeah, then basically yeah, just had got when I got surgery a couple of weeks later. Um, they basically cut out the hole in your leg and fill fill the hole with bone cement. It's called basically. Yep. So, and then yeah, then from there it was just a, a long lengthy process to get back to playing. Mate, it, obviously the first thing when the doctor says you know you're out for the season, you. You know, you're you're upset that you're out for the season because it's it's mm. what you do. Um, I would imagine shortly after that, you're thinking just general health, well being, and your future. You you know, you almost dismiss the footy element. You you're thinking about yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. I was like, well, yeah. What what impact is this going to have? Yeah, on me going forward. You know, sort of thing. So, but you know, the specialist was really good. Um, gave me a lot of confidence that he he couldn't guarantee me that I would get back to playing footy. Like because he said, 
I've never had someone that's an elite sportsman like you sort of thing. Wow. Um, have something like this. So I can't say that you can mm. or you can't. Um, so I got to the point where he said, he, he just said, he goes, oh, look, it, your leg is as strong as it was beforehand. I'm confident in that. He goes, it's just up to you whether you know your body. If you go back and you feel like it doesn't feel right, then it's going to be up to you to make the call. So as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, well, 100%, I'm going to go back and give it a crack and, yep. and see how it goes. So, Mate, as we sit here in 2022, are you more likely, less likely to, to have a recurrence at any stage? Uh, no, nah, I, I go through, it's like a yearly, oh, well, up until basically like probably last year, yep. I'd go and get a yearly um, x-ray yep. on it just to make sure that where, where they put it in is, is sweet. Um, but yeah, the recurrence is very, very, very low. So um, yeah, I, I'm, and then I think, I don't know if I, if I had an injury to my knee, maybe like as in a, like a ligament tear or something to my knee, knock on wood. Um, I think that there could be maybe a little bit of a complication or it could just be a little bit different to the usual. Yep. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, it's fit and healthy. So yeah. And that is the positive part of the story. You are fit and you are healthy and ready to rip in. Uh, mate, it is a unique story. It's a, a wonderful illustration and not giving up, not giving in. Maddie, appreciate you sharing it with us, mate, and we'll chat again soon. No, thank you very much for having me. One of the real improvers of 2022 for me, Broncos forward Keenan Palacia. And if you've listened to any of my commentary on Triple M, you'll know I'm a fan. Maybe even a little bit of a man crush, actually. Uh, The big fella has joined us on the podcast for the first time. What a year so far 2022 has been, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, it has been a good start to the year. Um, We're winning two, which is better than getting hidings like the last three seasons. Yeah. Uh, and, mate, for anyone that is listening to that, this, we're just going to say from the get-go, Keenan has a pest of a roommate. Um, do you want to tell us a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit about your roommate who's going to try and annoy you and distract you throughout this whole uh, interview? Um, yeah, it's Brendy Piakuda. Um His IQ is the same <laughs> as his age. <laughs> <laughs> and we can hear him giggling in the background. Uh, yeah. Mate, why the improvement in your game? What's what's changed with your game this year? To be honest, I think it's just having Reno there, Capes, Paddy back, and playing with Paino again. Just they do it; they do everything basically, and I just do the leftover stuff. So it makes my job easy. Have you had to concentrate, work on, improve any specific part of your game? Um, a big one that Kev wanted me to do was to work on just my overall consistency, yep. like. Um, so last year when I was playing regular first grade, I was kind of I'd have a couple good games and then I'd have a shocker. And I think this year I've been trying to work on that, just kind of trying to keep it all a level field every game, just as good as um the last. Who do you look to? Who helps you out? Because I'm looking at the Broncos coaching staff. Kevy was a five <laughs> eight. Alfie was a halfback. Uh, Terry Madison was a lock. Steve Walters a hooker. Johnny Cartwright was a second row. There's no props there. Who helps you out? Um, oh, it's more um, – I mean, we're more like the players. So, like, um, Ryan James, 
he's been helping heaps. Um, I still get lots of tips from Terry Madison and Cardi. Like Cardi's our defensive coach, and so I try and see him regularly about my D. And then um, I try and see Terry Madison as well, try and help me out with um, the ball-playing aspect of my game. Johnny Cartwright uh, played during the era that I grew up in, the greatest right-arm offload I have ever fucking seen. Absolutely (laughs) mad. Hey, it's getting serious for the Broncos, mate. You're looking good at the right end of the year. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, It is good, especially leading into finals. We've got six or seven weeks, I think it is, until finals. So I think this now is where we need to step up, and we started good. Thanks for dropping in, Legend. I look forward to chatting again soon. Cheers, thank you. Oh, hang on. Keenan's back. Knock, knock. Who's there? Mike. Mike who? My cock's big. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we've got a dick joke first up, Keenan (laughs) Balassi. You are a legend. Yes, we finished with a dick joke. Funniest topic ever for those of us that haven't matured just yet. Uh, Take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. (laughs) 